goal chance for Conor McGrath Bernie to surely give it in Conor what a goal <laughs> Mackey heading it towards the 21 metre line Kim Mackey still going on, your goal is up for Cats oh, what a goal <laughs> I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world it's time to take Sam to throne if you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. Been a small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> been a look, Donovan Connor. Wild effort on goal. It's on the first Equalizer. Welcome to Off the Balls GA podcast. He is. Shane Stapleton and I'm Oshin Langan. You can get him on at Shane Saint, and you can get me on at Oshin Langan. GA on News Talkers with Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsor of the GA Hurling All Ireland Senior Championship. Keep up to date and follow hashtag Hurling to the Core. It's come to the crunch. The final this Sunday between Waterford and Galway. Either either way, a famine will end. Yeah. 1988, the last time Galway won it. 1959, the last time Waterford won it. They've been in a couple of finals since haven't managed to win any of them. Galway have also been in finals since. If you do your maths, Waterford's famine is doubly as long as as Galway's. 58 years, Mm. plays 29. You are the Waterford man. Yes. You tell me, I mean, I'm I'm used to Tipperary being in All-Ireland and it's not a big deal. (laughs) I'm only joking. Uh, How do you feel coming into this week, just nerves-wise? I feel nervous because the last time we were in an All-Ireland final, it was a total beatdown. It was a non-event and it was kind of one of those weird situations where the debate for even a couple of years afterwards was, would we have been better off avoiding that day and not taking that hammering and not experiencing that hurt? I would argue that you're always better off getting to an All-Ireland final because you can experience things from it. You can gain experience and I think the county nearly has because apparently it's really, really, really calm in Waterford. Whereas in 08, the hype level went way overboard. Now, apparently, again, it's the same thing in Galway. I was talking to Sean Walsh of Galway Bay FM and he said compared to 2015 and 2012, it's not as over the top. So I think both counties have learned from their experiences, but we especially have learned. In 08, there was such a relief to actually get there. I think people nearly celebrated getting there as winning a competition in itself, which obviously they shouldn't have done. The other thing is, is in 08, Kilkenny were so much better than everyone else, especially Waterford. We came up against the perfect storm. They blew us away. They probably would have done that to anyone else. But we peaked in getting to the All-Ireland. Beating Tipperary was our peak that year. Whereas I actually still think there's room for improvement out of this Waterford team. I still think we can get the best performance of the year out of ourselves in the All-Ireland final. Now, Conor Gleeson's a huge loss, but I still think we can actually play even better than we have done. That's not to say we'll win it because of Galway Peak. There might be no beating them given the talent they have. But to answer your initial question, mm. I'm nervous, but I'm also really excited because genuinely I think we can win this game. Yeah, we've Brendan Bugler coming up later on and he's living on the border more or less with uh, with Galway. So he'll be able to tell us what the hype is like around there. It's actually t- 10 years ago was the time that Watford really should have won the All-Ireland. 08. 2007 yeah. is... The missed opportunity. The replay Dan's against here. Cork caught us and then against Limerick because we'd beaten them in the Munster final everyone thought sure we'll hammer Limerick mm. and then we can look ahead you to the All-Ireland. We were caught no disrespect to Limerick but like if we'd have said to Crow Park we're not playing three weeks in a row just refuse to play it. It's not like they would have made us play it. It's not like they would have given Limerick a bye. 
That's what we should have done at the time. And again, maybe that's another learning we took out of that kind of 07, 08 era. But that was the one that got away. And who knows, we mightn't have won that final because Kilkenny were obviously excellent. But Limerick that year were beaten by what? Seven points by Kilkenny in the yeah, end? Yeah. And, and they struggled in that match after Henry went off. People forget that. Yeah, yeah. Like Kilkenny struggled. Well, I won't say struggled, but I think Limerick actually outscored them after Maybe Shetland went off. Maybe it was partly the same thing whereby Kilkenny were expected to win that yeah. game so handily that that kind of caught up with them as much as the actual yeah. physical effect, the more tangible effect of losing Sheffield and, yeah. uh, to the Crucial. But they had a great start and then Limerick were never really in it after that. So look, mm. to say Limerick outscored them after Sheffield went off injured, I'm interested, probably a nonsense. Yeah, I'm today. interested to see what how Galway will start in terms of like uh, the forward line. We know five of the six forwards that will start. Cahill Mannion probably didn't have his greatest game the last day because he's only coming back from an ankle injury. Niall Burke didn't shoot the lights out massively the last day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he starts. Does Johnny Glynn start? Does Jason Flynn start? That'll be very interesting see, to see. You're bringing up a very interesting point here. Galway have got to the final and they've looked good. They won the league, mm. won Leinster, beat Tipperary, but in the championship so far, have they played anyone yet? And I include Tipperary in that and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but Tip didn't play particularly well on the day. Galway were the better team, but still, Galway needed Joe Canning to drag them over the line again. They only beat Tip by a point when they probably, had they took their chances, probably should have won that by five or six. Mm. You're saying so, no disrespect there. It's like in Dumb and Dumber when, uh, <laughs> when Lloyd goes, oh, I fell off the jetway again. Your man says, you're an idiot. <laughs> no disrespect. Yeah, yeah, no he no says, offense. He's he like, oh, no, none, yeah, taken. none taken. But what I mean there is, is everyone's saying Galway are the form team. Mm. But are they? Um, they're kind of the more, the term, because you just process. brought up a couple it's of, the process yeah. team. You know, they are, everything about them is so ultimately functional. And obviously they're sprinkled with brilliant hurlers as yeah. well and unbelievable athletes. Yeah. But they are the most tuned in looking team. They're like Tip were last year, like Kilkenny were for years. And they're, you just, there's at least seven out of 10 performances out of pretty much everyone yeah. on the field all the time. Whereas Tipperary, you could, it, it fluctuated massively all year. Whereas there's a sort of a fairly kind of steady line with this Galway team. And at the same time, some of their players have put up very big scores on different days. Um, like Connor Whelan, is, he should be hurler the year if Galway he is win. A tank. You know, if, I saw him with his top off after the under-21 game a couple of weeks ago. Now, they lost to Limerick, but he played mm. well. The man is honestly built like a, a beige, brick. A base, does he? Yeah. yeah oh, and like I it, wouldn't take him on anyway, no. I'll tell you that. And I, as I probably said on this pod before, Aidan Hart, the same thing, the top off after the Offaly game. Yeah. And, you know, just for looking from a distance, he probably doesn't seem like the biggest guy in the field, but lad was uh, he was ripped. Yeah. You know, so whereas with this Waterford team, whereas I'm sure they're all in fantastic shape, there's no doubt about it, they're not physically as big. And if and it Galway goes down... Galway are further down the road of that physical development uh, as maybe, well. Maybe, yeah. like probably, but at the same time, whether you're further down the road or not, being naturally bigger men yeah. is naturally bigger men. You know, and that's just the way of it. And if it turns into a slugfest and just a battering match, yeah. you'd imagine the bigger team will come out. You know see, what yeah, that yeah, whole but thing... See, people I'd are pro- saying that all week about Galway, but like, like how, I wonder, do the people who are saying this I wonder have they watched Waterford in the last couple of years hmm. have, they, have they actually seen that they're well able to take a tackle hmm. and Lee give Chin, a tackle Lee Chin got driven back a couple yeah. of times by different Waterford players in that quarter final so so I think that physical development thing and Galway are a bigger team thing I, I'm not sure that's as big a all right, deal but as like, people think Shane Bennett and Jake Dillon will be yeah. the two inside lads trying to wear down this Waterford yeah. uh, full back line and even Ch- Harry down the half back line and Aidan Hart who should be the sweeper but if they went in for a 50-50 
uh, shoulder with Dahi Burke or with Grode McInerney mm. who's going to be winning that there's only one winner and the same even like Park Mahoney has been excellent but the same thing if he goes into a 50-50 shoulder with Grode McInerney yeah. there's only really one winner so that's that's the thing there uh, I would say that Park Mannion will be the man for Brick Walsh in this game because he has exploited inexperience in recent big games at Croke Park. You know, Mark Coleman had a very tough time, so it was Brick the most experienced man against the least inexper- least experienced. Last year, he gave Killian Buckley a really tough time in two in two games, and that probably was the facilitated uh, Brian Co- Cody moving him out of there. Yeah. So out of the half back line and for a while anyway. So I think Park Mannion will try to hammer that particular hammer. We know Aidan Hart is most likely to end up as a sweeper. And then that midfield for Waterford that has scored 420 this year. I think uh, Johnny Cohn is going to go and try and lock down Jamie Barron because, like we mentioned, Connor Whelan as hurler yeah. of the year. Jamie Barron is the other hurler of the year. At the now, moment. what happened with Jamie Barron against Wexford that he seemed to be locked down in that game? Will uh, Galway try and replicate that, or am I just making, again, a nonsense argument there? No, because no, That, no, of that was his quietest game of the summer. Yeah, it was his quietest game. And he was being marked tightly. Jeez, off the top of my head now, I can't even yeah. remember. Hopefully, someone will comment on this or. Reply to us on Twitter and say you idiot. It yeah. was at Shane Stapleton for yeah. all of you. Yeah, but like that was his quiet, uh, his quietest game, and we know that Wexford are quite tactical, and they'll, pro- they'll obviously have planned how do we stop this guy. Maybe Galway will too, but I think the biggest thing they'll plan is how can we make sure that Tyg de Borca doesn't run the show here, and he is very good in the air, as we saw on the last day. Dara Fives, who you'd, you'd imagine will probably man mark Joe Canning, good in the air as well. Is Kieran Bennett going to have a tough time in the year? You know, he made his debut against, uh, his starting debut against Cork in the All-Ireland semi-final. If he comes up against Conor Cooney, Joseph Cooney, mm. Johnny Glynn even, you know, that's going to be tough, a real tough test for a young lad going in there. I'm not sure if, if it counts or anything, but he played well against them in the league earlier in the year in Salt Hill. Yeah. And funny enough, you say a young lad, he's actually the oldest of the Bennett brothers, but he was the last one to make his championship debut. Mm. Yeah. Had a bit of injury as well, but yeah. and it's a tough area of the field to get your place. Obviously, the Waterford and the line. matchup's great. I mean, just as as Waterford man, like you're going to be looking at Noel Connors most likely going up against Connor Whelan, two body lads, you know, really <laughs> going for it. And have you ever seen? No, we we've done an awful lot of talking yeah. about lads with their tops off. You know, we both you, the, together we interviewed Noel Connors in his jocks after yeah. the, uh, some game in Turles, the Kilkenny game in Turles. And recently. some fella said to me afterwards, "Was that Jack McGrath or Noel Connors you were interviewing?" Like he's <laughs> yeah, built like true. a just a, a real. Solid cornerback. Yeah, yeah. Well, glad we talked about that. So Austin Gleeson, is it going to be Grode McMahon on him? Do you think? Well, he he probably won't follow him everywhere. He'd probably well, let him off and hope he gets lost in the traffic to some degree. Who will? Who's Galway's best man marker? Is it Garrod? I'd say Park Park Mannion might be it. Because yeah. the thing about Park, Ma- I think Park Mannion will go on brick. Could be wrong though. Yeah, but the thing about Garrod is, is we've talked about Galway's physicality, mm. but they're hurling has been amazing this year as well their touch and he has had quite a journey with his hurling because I remember a couple of years ago people grumbling his touch wasn't great but now it's immaculate mm, so Michal Donoghue what he's done with these lads in a skill sense and they were already quite good obviously came close to winning an All-Ireland in 2015 but he's brought them on even that bit further and they look incredibly sharp mm, I and remember he is top of the tree there I remember seeing McInerney play centre forward he was a late change and he came in the half forward line against yeah. Kilkenny in a league game a couple of years ago scored three points from play and I was thinking this guy where's this lad after coming out yeah. of he's huge and he yeah he's excellent and you're right but the thing is they got caught in two All-Ireland finals by Kilkenny and I think there was psychological hang-ups with Kilkenny by the end of it yeah. I don't know how they threw away that game in 2015 they were in complete charge of it and I think you know, even though Watford have had some big meltdowns in finals, yeah. you know, 
a couple well, of Munster finals against Tipperary. Yeah, okay. Obviously, finals, the yeah, one okay. nine years ago against yeah. Kilkenny. There's kind of an element of is he is one or others or the other side going to have a meltdown here? Maybe See, not. Psychology in this one is interesting because neither of them have had a meltdown against each other. I appreciate Galway have never beaten Waterford in the championship, but it's a bit of a misleading stat. Mm. How many times have they actually met? So uh, no meltdown, even though Waterford were ten points up on Galway in the league. In the league. Days. League is league. Uh, league is league. The yeah. other thing as well is, is there was a lot of changes in that game and then Derek started bringing guys on and it kind of disrupted the flow. Even though he brought on the more experienced mm. players, disrupted the flow. Galway pulled away because they were playing against an inexperienced Waterford team. You have your excuses ready. It's not an excuse, it's a yeah. fact. Anyway, my point being that is, if it was Kilkenny or Tip, I'd be going into this final with a bit of fear in me as a Waterford man. Yeah. Because they've given us a couple of beatdowns. They always have it over us in finals, by and large. Um... But because it's not one of those two, I'm kind of thinking, we could do this. We have a chance. And I'm sure Galway are looking at it the exact same way. They've real scar tissue against Kilkenny in 2015. They left it behind them. Against Tip, okay, they have the advantage over Tip, so I'll take Tip out of it from the Galway side and say, if it was Kilkenny, they'd probably be thinking, oh, but the mm. fact that it's not, it gives it gives them an advantage, but then Waterford on the other side also have the advantage. So there's no kind of psychological overhang on either team which is another interesting angle to this final Right well to, to finish up this sort of section and hand you a positive mm-hmm. the last time all Ireland, um, Waterford won the All-Ireland in 1959 yep. three of the teams that they bet were Kilkenny mm-hmm. Cork mm-hmm. and Galway mm. and the reason they bet Galway that year Galway is because were Galway were in Munster yeah. so Galway were awful back then though You've got some parallels so I hope that makes you feel better yeah, well, about I'm it. not a Mayo fan I don't need parallels well, you know the way they always draw parallels to fifty-one. Sure, they do. It's not ex- exactly as if your uh, your famine is that much shorter. Really, come on. Yeah, but I don't think you've been just you've been just as horrendous <laughs> in finals in terms of records. Well, sixty-three was a replay. I think two thousand and eight obviously stands out. We were absolutely battered, but Mayo is different. And people make this comparison between Waterford and Mayo, but Mayo is different in the fact that they have got to a lot of finals, whereas we haven't. Mm. So they're kind of different in that sense. Uh, also, we don't turn up at events like the US Masters in April with hashtag Dacia for Liam signs. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a You're difference. being a bit arrogant about this. I'm and not, I think, I think secretly arrogant. You're, you're arrogant about winning this final. I'm very, very confident. Yeah. Are you? I'm very confident, yeah. Yeah. Even We've shut down. You don't have scorers and, again, and you've, you've had to convert your backs sure into we forwards. Didn't have scorers all the year. And you play an games. extra back because you don't trust your forwards to score no, enough in a shootout. No, 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 no. That is no, the reason no, you play. It's not trusting forwards. It's playing to your strengths yeah, but, and, and we've shut down everyone we've come playing up to your strengths is also an admission of weaknesses the reason that Waterford but sure every I think, team is weak. I think I said it last week the reason Waterford play a sweeper yeah. and play I'm a tight Borka back there is because you don't ha- if you to yeah. name the top 10 forwards in Ireland you don't have Austin yeah. Gleeson's in there after that and he's actually a converted back I'd say his favoured yeah. position is centre back Brick is a centre back slash midfielder who's put up in the forward line. So that's two Brick ball winners. Brick is a talented hurler a la Tommy Walsh. Like, two would you, ball would you, winners. Okay, look. Is he a free you, scoring forward? Well, so not, when so not opportunities have popped up, so he's he scored. Not when opportunities have popped up, he scored. Yeah, and so the thing is as well, forward. and I know what you're doing, you're trying to wind me up, and it's working, I might add. Yeah. Mightn't work on a, all the so staff members So you don't trust your starting forwards to score, no, so no, you go with an no, extra back and try and grind down the opposition. You play to your strengths. Which isn't in your forward line. Yeah, but there's no there's no admission of weakness by playing to your strengths. I mean, I actually had a chat. It's with, an addressing did, of weakness. No, no, it's it's good management. 
Yeah, it is excellent management. Yeah. You, you think I'm well, saying it as a negative. You and a lot of people are, are kind of throwing this thing out there like, oh, you don't trust, <laughs> you don't trust your forwards. Like, it means that Waterford are a bad team or Derek's a bad no, manager because he that? doesn't play six forwards. When did I well, say they were a bad team? That, no, no I was just saying that they don't have you, you don't trust players your forwards. to go you're with such a six. Hurling snob. You don't have six free scoring forwards. Old school that, that's snob, just a fact. You, yeah. don't, you don't have six free scoring forwards. No, we don't. If you were to name the top 15 forwards in Ireland, how many Waterford lads would you be naming? Well, you'd Park Mahoney. In the top 15. In the top 15, yeah. Park All right, Mahoney. let's name out the Austin top... Gleeson I'm going to throw in as a forward. Yeah, he's 100% in there. Brick Walsh is there to do a job, which he does well. Right. And when given the opportunity, he gets scores. He's like Tommy Walsh. People say... Let's uh, live in the really... real oh, world hold here on a second. Hold on a second. Hang on a second. He's like Tommy Walsh in a sense that people think of him as a defender because that's where he played a lot of his hurling. But like Tommy Walsh, Tommy ended as a wingback. So people always think of him as a wingback. They forget that he was an excellent all-star forward. Mm. And he actually that. he played in the forwards in 2015 as well. Actually, I remember he started wing forward on Neil Latanian. Exactly. Was that 14? But the point remains: if you're to name the yeah. very best forwards in Ireland, we're going to name Seamus Callan, Richie Hogan, TJ Reid, um, yeah. Joe Canning, Connor Whelan. Come on, help oh, me! You're out including here. Joe now, are you? Of course, I am. I always did. Uh, John McGrath. Well, I don't know. You were quick enough to have a goal to McGrath. in the year. Well, he scored eight points from play in the yeah. championship, and three of them from play the were hugely important. Before the semi-final, you questioned him, and then when Joe scored the point that he scored, I stood up and I cheered, and you know why? Because I knew I'd be able to rub it in your smug face. It's very different to say. I just said you were, you he has got off. the talent. <laughs> oh, will you stop? He, he has stood got up the when talent. he was needed, which is the sign of a great player. And, and that's you what questioned. I said. No, I you said you questioned if he, he was a great player. I said he hasn't done this enough. He's got the talent. Ah, now come on. Let's see him do it. No, you can go back and listen to it. He has got the talent to do it. Why isn't he doing it more often? He should well, do it. this year he was injured. That's why. He, huh? couldn't, he couldn't make those bursts. He's been carrying Yeah, but it, like, there's been too, just too often where I think that Kilkenny, think or, Kilkenny or, you know, have choked them out. Think of all the big games that Galway have had. The big He's players done for something Galway. in all of them. In all the big ones? In all the big ones. Right, so the Leinster final 2016, he had eight touches of the ball for him in, in his own half. And no, didn't, I said didn't the, big, sorry, the, the big games that they won. The big games that they won. Yeah. But sure, 2016, I mean, he was... Um, but this is the point. They've yeah. lost nearly all their big games. And well, the how big have they guys, got to finals if they've lost all of their big games? Well, the big and games are the finals. His, is that necessarily his goal? I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm, I'm saying, saying for played, him to you know, go down as a great... things in 2015 and For him to go down and, as a great, yeah. he's got to deliver more consistently in the big games and drag him over the line. And I said right. he should be doing it. And so that's precisely scoring, what he did do against Tipperary. Scoring an equalising point in an All-Ireland final. With a miss hit three, as he said He still scored it. Scoring, oh, it's the effect of what you do, not necessarily yeah. how you do it. I Scoring the winning point in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, settled, he set yeah. up Shane Maloney last year against Tipperary. Oh, we still going on about that. The two years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, anyway, we're, we're getting sidetracked look, here. The thing is, right, and, and I've been somewhat critical of, of his ability to deliver when it's been needed somewhat most. Critical. I have, like, but I yeah. said he's got the talent to do it and he should be doing it more. Yeah. And I think he should do it against Waterford. Yeah. I hope he Waterford. doesn't, by the way. And this, it's this like thing. this game is there for him and he can spend his position as a great player if he leads Galway across the line here. And he's got the talent and he has no excuse not to do it. And that's all I'm saying. Like, you're blessed with unbelievable talent. Go out there and make sure you make good on it. I think he has been making good on it, to be honest. Okay, well, he has at times, but uh, just need to see a little bit more. Yeah, coming up a lot more on the hurling, including Brian O'Halloran, who's had two horrific injuries. And his story is quite interesting because he will probably feature off the bench for Waterford on Sunday in the All-Ireland Final. He's had a tough journey back. In 2010, he played in the semi-final against Tip. It didn't go his way. Davy Fitzgerald, the then Waterford manager, said, this guy's going to be a star. Since that, he has had those injury issues 
And it looked at one stage like he might not feature regularly, regularly for Waterford again, but obviously he is. He's making an impact and he's going to talk about what it means to him to be part of this generation of hurlers and part of this run to the final. I guess we want to talk about football as well because although the final is Sunday two weeks, there's, you know, there's a... There's a fairly mouth-watering tie in store between Dublin and Mayo, but uh, Owen Sheehan of Off the Ball and of Kerry has joined us to talk about Kerry and what happened, Owen. <laughs> what did happen? I guess you keep can... in mind you're talking for your entire county here. Yeah, th- this uh, opinion is definitely your based tradition. On, on everything. Everybody. It's good that I've had a few days to cool off. I, I do think the one thing that hasn't kind of left my mind is that Kerry set up on day two with an inferiority complex against Mayo of all people. I certainly don't recall. Uh, a time in my life, anyway, where, where I've watched Kerry set up with an inferiority complex going out to not lose against Mayo. And, like, that's not being disrespectful to Mayo. Like, I have made the point previously, obviously, it doesn't stand anymore, but up until last Sunday, could you really describe Kerry Mayo as a rivalry after what had happened for the previous 20 years? I'm not sure you could. Perhaps you can now. Perhaps Mayo will now dominate and it will no longer be a rivalry because of how it goes the other way. So... Like, it's not being disrespectful to Mayo. It is just the fact that Kerry have been guilty of this in the past. If you go back 10, 15 years, when Tyrone emerged, when Armagh emerged, Kerry started changing their style of play a little bit. Um, and there was no necessary, no necessity, really, for it. And they completely changed Are you it. essentially saying that Kerry, while they have always had great, while they've always had great footballers... Not this team. Sometimes, well, they, they do have some good footballers, in fairness. Tactically, maybe they've been caught over the years and they haven't really adjusted to tactics when they've changed in football. A small bit, but then again, you have the 2014 final, which A, kind of uh, disputes that point, but B, also might say Fitzmaurice's job because in hindsight now, Kerry were by no means the best team in that All-Ireland. They probably should have lost to Mayo. They definitely would have lost to Dublin if Dublin had beaten Donegal. We now know that. Mayo robbed that in that semi-final. In your opinion. Yes. Uh, in, Two so of the players in, in the grand concussed sti- each other. Yeah, Shane Enright should have got well, black, yeah. uh, black and yellow that day, which should have led to red, which was crucial. So I think the 2014 <laughs> final, just because of the way it was won, <laughs> yeah. like there's a huge amount of Systematic cre- credit there. Michael Murphy, yeah. Mm. A hu- huge amount of credit there for, for uh, M. Fitzmaurice, and he's got that in the bank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you trying to make me <laughs> say one, here? One All-Ireland in eight years, and yeah. he played a sweeper and went against all the legends who had said during the week, Kerry will never capital letters never yeah, play a sweeper you've got to be massively disappointed as a Kerry fan to see go out on your heels you a sweeper last year what are you talking about yeah I know but like all this talk from your legends saying that, that you will never, never play a sweeper Kerry had played a sweeper before last week yeah oh, well, well look that, but this is what's been said in your so county was, so it's, were, it's as if that uh, you've the, gone against the, your whole tradition what was the direct quote about the sweeper if Kerry if they were saying last week that Kerry will never play a sweeper that doesn't compute because Kerry played a sweeper last year does that and mean your before. ex-players are going around with their head in the sand? Well, I don't know. You tell me. But Did, should, I'm only quoting the ex-players the likes of ha- Bomber Liston came out you with. You haven't quoted. Week. You've paraphrased. What's the quote? Kerry will never play with a sweeper. Is that a direct quote? Yes. But Kerry did play a sweeper, so he's wrong yeah. there, obviously. But what about this team? It is like player for player after the replay, after the drawing game, Mayo had better performances. The yeah. tackle rate was yeah. 92 to 51. I just don't think this Kerry team has the players and three in a row minors are not and the likes of Mark O'Connor has been taken by the AFL, it's going to take three or four years at least before Kerry are actually going to challenge Dublin. Probably, yeah. You're pr- probably a fair point. He's not falling for it. Damn it. But like, what am I supposed to fall for here? Like, it's an ambush. That it's pr- you didn't start James yeah. O'Donoghue. 
I know, that's a disastrous move. Yeah. As it's I, like I, taking Paul Ganey off with three minutes to go against Dublin the year before when you need a score and bringing on a cornerback. Yeah, we, well, we didn't need a score at that point when he got taken off. In hindsight, it was it was a, a silly thing to do, uh, a silly thing to not play James Dunhu as well. So it's weighing that up on one side and then looking at 2014 as well, how much credit does Fitzmaurice have in the bank? You know Kerry fans yourself. Yeah. There is a high... Po- like, if, if it was up to the fans, he would be hounded out of the job already. He wouldn't have lasted the weekend. But I think he does have a substantial amount of credit yeah. in the bank to last the winter and make it to next year. When I've said that immediately after the game last Saturday... I'm not so sure, but I've had whatever six days to kind of cool off and just kind of think about it logically. And then you also think who would be the replacement for Fitzmaurice. Were you going nuts during the match watching the way Kerry were set up? Well, for about 50... Well, the way they were set up, uh, it became apparent after about 10, 20 minutes that a huge blunder had been made here. Um, And had it come off, obviously, we'd be sitting here having a completely different discussion, but that was never going to happen. The one thing, though, it was an interesting week in between the two matches just because of the way Kerry almost won uh, the the Sunday, the first game, yeah. uh, with, with Barry John Keane with the ball in his hands with a minute to go and Kerry were a point up, which would never have happened. So you can talk about the players and how on paper it, it's just the definition of transition at the moment, that team. And the, they've been allowed to get to this point where the transition has become a bit of a problem. Would you not agree? As in the players you have just aren't quite good enough. And yeah. Donica Walsh is the perfect example. He felt maybe if Donica was in any way fit, he had to yeah, play him. And it didn't fit. really work out. No. And that maybe, I, I can't say I blame him. It's the easiest thing in the world to sit here and say, well, Eamon, here's what you should have done. Um, yeah. But if he didn't have someone else as good as Donica Walsh, especially when you're playing that sweeper system and abandoning your whole tradition, mm. he's but not no, falling but for but the well. But Oland, like, you're talking about a team in transition yeah. and in the drawn game, I'm actually, I haven't looked at it for the replay, but in the drawn game, there was one player only under 26 in the whole team. So yeah. transitioning to who? Well, to the likes of your Peter Crowley's who've stepped up and have now... He's been, over 26. Yeah, no, but just let me finish here. He has been the player that has come in in this new transitions yeah. team and is of a peak age. You look at James O'Donoghue, he is of a peak age. Paul Ganey is of a peak age. They're the three players that I pick out who are leading this transition. They're the lead players. You still have of, three, four years at, at the very top level out of those guys, maybe more. You do, mm. and then yeah. you've got... But who are you transitioning to? Well, you're transitioning to... They're already there. They've played two or three seasons. To a three-in-a-row All-Ireland minor winning team a team for the first time ever that has got to an All-Ireland Minor football final four years in a row, that's what you're transitioning to. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Like in, in terms So some of these lads who are 27 and 28 will be past 30s before these guys are probably ready. So. so you've got, like I, the way I see it, you've got, like I, but before the first game, I would have counted the likes of Mark Griffin and Shane right into this. I'm not, like it, it is me being biased here, I'm not going to discount their quality as a result of what happened over the last two games, despite the fact that they got roasted pretty comprehensively. So at this point, you're looking at James Donahue, Paul Ganey mm-hmm. and Peter Crowley as the three leaders of the team in a ripe age. And I would describe that as the transition team. Like before the first Mayo game, I would, as I say, I would have thrown Enright in there. Sorry, David Moran, David Moran should be in there as well. Mm. So it's four players. I think, like you're looking, certainly in the league, like I, I heard this thing bandied around as well before the first game that... Kerry just have no strength and depth in the backs. That's actually not the case at all. It, when you're looking at the league, the problem is actually having strength and depth in the forwards. Yeah. Uh, like the, the likes of Tom Sullivan, and I hope last Saturday doesn't ruin him. I, I don't think it will. He's a quality operator, and he was yeah. doing brilliant stuff in the league. Uh, you had the likes of Jason Flynn. You had Brino Bjogliuch. Uh, you had Ronan Shanahan. Like Ronan Shanahan and Kevin McCarthy and yeah. Tyg Morley and Paul Murphy have been four exceptional finds under Eamon Fitzmaurice. He's done brilliant work on unearthing those gems. 
because it's, it's hard, much harder to do that than obviously yeah. take uh, an All Ireland. And the system minor. they played, especially in the first game, probably exposed them a little bit. And in modern football, if you have a mismatch like that and it doesn't fire up front and you don't turn the teams over yeah. like you've backed yourself to do, it's going to cost you at the back. It cost them against Galway as well. They just weren't quite caught out by that because Galway yeah. just couldn't exploit it but Mayo could it has, like in hindsight Aidan O'Mahony we could have done with him yeah. over the last few days just somebody who can play that role like it was the first time when, when you were saying there Kerry will never play a sweeper I, presumably Bomber Liston was talking about this current generation this current team yeah. because you don't have somebody who was experienced in the role whereas if Aidan O'Mahony was in the squad I don't think yeah. Bomber Liston would have said that because Kerry would have played a sweeper Aidan O'Mahony had played as a sweeper uh, there just wasn't somebody experienced yeah. enough to do that system the six day it seems so obvious saying it in hindsight but they did need to find some way of shoring up that defence I was kind of saying just go hell for that or just try it again yeah. I think on the first performance carry we're never going to beat Dublin anyway Mayo just a better team well, just were, better players well yeah I think that's a fair and then the system didn't help carry either I think that's a fair assessment on where the teams are now mm. as you can tell by the look on Shane's face on I mean he just wanted to get you into one you walk oh yeah I know that yeah. mm. A uh, qualified I success, I'd say. I, yeah, I think it's kind of it's like the eight no shade fullback thing. It's kind of worked, but there are certain aspects that that didn't quite work. I yeah. argue. In fairness, that's comparison. Look, he's that, probably after setting up two five there, but yeah, at the same the lad's time, done some good work in here. Yeah. he's given some good answers. In yeah. fairness, genuine answers as well. Um, Owen, what about the final? Do you think Mayo have a chance against Dublin? I do. Like, obviously, you have to give Mayo a chance in every game. It's just been this bizarre season yeah. where they sh- could possibly be knocked out of the championship three times. Stephen Rochford has got hounded from all corners. Aidan O'Shea's got hounded from all corners before going on this incredible run of form that could yet see him pick up the Player of the Year award. I think Andy Moran will be Player of the Year if, if Mayo win the All-Ireland, but you can't write Aidan O'Shea out of the situation yet. You've got this incredible Dublin team who put in one, possibly the best performance of the Jim Gavin era. Like, certainly the best Dublin performance I've seen in my lifetime was last Sunday. It was just unbelievably yeah. effective, ruthless, cold. If they do anything like that against Mayo, then Mayo are obviously doomed. But obviously they won't do anything like that against Mayo because Mayo won't allow them to do that. But uh, Tyrone were very poor. So oh, they played unbelievably like, poor. Yeah. They played like Westmead played against Dublin. Exactly. so fearful. Com- so are, are your comments about that being one of Dublin's best performances kind of tempered by the fact that Tyrone were so poor? I get what you mean. A little bit. They can only play against what they're playing against. Yeah, but... It was the way they executed it as yeah. well. Like, it is a very good Tyrone team. Like, this isn't me saying it in hindsight. I wasn't the biggest kind of, like, advocate for this Tyrone success. I did change my mind a little bit when I read Joe yeah. Brawley on Sunday. But I, I thought there was a high possibility that Dublin would just completely run away with this game. Because who have Tyrone actually gone toe-to-toe with over 70 minutes in the championship? In Crow Park especially. In Crow Park. Yeah. Like, Mayo last year, they were poor. Kerry two years ago, yeah. they were poor. 2015, um... Like so, I think Dublin always did the winning of that game. I didn't expect it to be as wide a margin as as it did, but you also just look at the subs they brought on, and I think last weekend just kind of hammered home to a lot of people just the strength and depth because you can look at uh, Michael Darren McCauley and you can look at Paul Flynn and those likes, and and before Sunday I think a lot of people would have said uh, should they're over the hill and stuff like that, but I just think seeing them come on and and just I, I don't know being so dominant and I, I know Flynn was very very good at the tail end of the league as well these old players have suddenly found this sort of new lease of life but that's because they're being properly loaded you know they've got the best S&C possible in Dublin the best screening yeah. like they've heart monitors at training yeah. Sean Kavanagh said all that he said yeah. like it's very obvious Dublin while they're fantastic footballers they're the best yeah. generation of Dublin footballers ever they also have all the support and probably better logistics and support than any team has ever had. Now, he wasn't being bitter in saying that. I know, he no, was no, pointing it out. It's he a fact. A po- it's yeah, ju- exactly. It is a point. I want to talk about uh, Mickey Hart because after the game, I said it to him, like, you want to stay on. The Tyrone County Board didn't give him an extension pass this year. Mm. 
So I, I kind of put it to him quite bluntly. How do you sell this game plan? How do you sell staying on to the county board? Because obviously, this, you know, it hasn't worked today. It hasn't quite worked there in the last rumb- couple of years. There were rumblings earlier in the year that the players weren't quite getting everything that, yeah. that was being looked for. But Sean, well. in fairness, Sean Kavanagh, who had no reason to, I won't say lie, but had no reason to, to talk crap after the game, said they were happy with Mickey. Mm. They And they were, Mickey. of course. But yeah. like you'd have to ask yourself that, okay, we all have this kind of... Um, I think we all like Mickey Hart in a lot of ways yeah, and do. he's been through an awful lot personally as well and yeah. you know both with players and, 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 and his own personal life so you kind of want him to succeed It's a romantic ideal There, there kind of is and then you hear Brian McGuigan on the Sunday game saying that the only person who says who should say yeah. when Mickey Hart goes but the is game Mickey plan himself. as Owen has said has but proven I don't think can he bring them on you can't That's allow uh, you can't allow a manager forever yeah. to be there if it's not working yeah. yeah we all want it to work out for Mickey but it hasn't I mean, like you mentioned the last couple of years, losing, okay, so hammered by Dublin this year, poor against Mayo last last year, against Kerry yeah. the year before, not great, and beaten really badly by yeah. Armad the year before again. So at what stage do you say enough is enough and you need to change it up? Well, I, I'd hate to kind of dumb this whole thing down, but you look at throwing six forwards outside of Sean Kavanagh, yeah. which will obviously become uh, a new six forwards next year without him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty crap. Yeah. yeah, they got no point from play, I think, between them in the first half. From open play, yeah, says it all. Yeah, and their forwards weren't great all year. It wasn't just coming up against the Dubs, who are obviously massive. Look, a lot more to come on Dublin against Mayo in the next uh, couple of weeks here on Off the Balls GAA podcast, and obviously a lot more on air on Off the Ball every night from seven. For now, though, Owen Sheehan, Kerry man, and a man who doesn't fall for traps. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Off the Balls GAA podcast ahead of the All Ireland Senior Hurling final between Waterford and Galway, and of course the minor final between uh, Cork and Galway. GAA on News Talk with Board Gosh Energy giving customers exclusive access to the GAA Hurling All Ireland Senior Championship at bgerewards.ie. Among our team at Crow Park on Sunday, by the way, will be Dotty Regan and Tommy Walsh. Tommy Walsh, I think the find of the summer in a media sense, Shane. Mm, good hurling man. Good hurling man. He's like uh, in twenty eleven. Brian Cody pulled uh, Colin Fenley out of the hat. He pulled Paul Murphy out of the hat. You know, just good hurlers out of nowhere. And we found a good analyst out of nowhere there as well. And you can just, I remember chatting to him at one of the semi-finals, I don't know which, but uh, we were just kind of saying that, you know, I mean, obviously I've never played inter-county, but he has for years. Isn't it just great to be part of the occasion, being, you know, there in the booth or whatever? Because, you know, for so many years, Kilkenny players almost wouldn't talk to the media and now there are so many of them that are pundits. So, you know, that was just a good chat to have with him. And it's great to get their insight. And it's funny you should mention that because a lot of former players have actually said it to me that, okay, nothing will ever replace playing, but being in the commentary booth is the closest you get. It's the place you'd most want to be if you can't get out onto that pitch. Mm. And you know one of the best things with playing a match, whatever level it is, those that cu- a couple of minutes after the match where you're uh, doing the warm warm down with the boys and just sitting there and laughing and joking and yeah. just talking about what happened during the match and he said and she said and he did and he, you know, whatever happened. Like, uh, I, you probably don't get to do that in an All-Ireland final because everyone's so delirious. But, um, yeah, I kind of wandered off in another direction there, but that just occurred to me when you're talking about just you know, being part of it. Yep. Well, Tommy and uh, Dotty would be part of our team this Sunday. Obviously, tonight as we speak, Thursday night, uh, the lads are preparing for a massive road show over in Galway. They've got... Uh, Huge battle. Uh, they've got uh, Ollie Canning, Ken McGrath and many others. So that'll be uh, quite fun. So More good hurling then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're going to listen to two podcasts this week, make sure it's that one and this one. All Primarily this men. one. 
primarily this one which mm-hmm. obviously you're already doing if you're listening to us that's kind of how it works uh, still to come former All-Ireland winner with Clare Brendan Bugler on his preparation for an All-Ireland final what it's like for a player in the run into it and also the game itself he's obviously man-marked Joe Canning in the past yeah, so yeah, we'll he has some insight that. into that yeah we'll definitely talk to him about that but first we're going to hear from Waterford player Brian O'Halloran now it's interesting I guess looking at Brian's situation because in 2010 Davy Fitzgerald said this kid's going to be a star played him against Tip in the semi-final it didn't work out mm. Waterford well beaten in the end since that he's had a couple of serious injuries which has held up his career but he's made a real impact for Waterford in the last couple of years so look rather than me tell you his story I'll let him do it I caught up with him at the Waterford Press Day Brian O'Halloran we're looking ahead to the All-Ireland Final 2017 now, you've overcome a lot to get to this final obviously battling for your place in an inter-county setup. you've had injury you're from Clashmore which is an obvious disadvantage that's a little colloquial joke there for people who don't know we're from neighbouring parishes but jokes aside was there a time when you thought this might not happen? Uh, yeah definitely um, I suppose personally more than as a team um, I suppose personally as you said the injuries uh, going back two and three years ago there was plenty of times where I thought look I'd be better off in America in a J1 or better off in Chetlam at March um, but Derek's always talked about persistence and sticking with it um, so, you know something he regrets he didn't do as a player and uh you know, I'm thankful that I have stuck at it. Uh, things have turned a corner injury-wise the last two or three years. And um, look, I'm very thankful for where I am now compared to where I was maybe three years ago as a player. Davy Fitzgerald gave you your debut. And I remember him saying at the time after the semi-final against Tipperary, this guy's going to be a star, which is a massive compliment. Maybe it puts a bit of pressure on as well. But after that, it just it went wrong in an injury sense. Give us a, a quick run through as to what actually happened there because it was a, it was the start of a tough time and it went on for a long, long time. It did, um, Oshin, yeah. I would have got the name, I suppose, as being injury prone. But to be honest, it was only two big, big injuries. Um, 2011, I was very eager to make up for my performance in 2010 that semi-final and uh, early in 2011 I got a serious hamstring injury tore a tendon that was the next year year and a half nearly ruled out um, then I was getting back in the swing of things in 2012 and uh, tore ankle ligaments another year year and a half between rehab and getting things right so that was that were, they were the tough times um, I suppose it wasn't until 2014 2015 Derek's first second year that I got a clean run of the injuries and um, you know things have been steadily going better for me since then on a personal level but look they were a tough years um, 2010 that semi-final was a, it was a tough it was a tough game to come into um, I thought I was ready I wasn't and then I was so keen to make up for it the following year or two and I couldn't nail to that it was very frustrating I suppose to call a spade a spade I was known as that injured fellow who started that final who wasn't good enough um, and that was very fair you know that's that's the way I felt about myself um, and I was just very very keen to make up for that and kind of you know prove to myself that look I am up to this level and I can compete I guess the first thing you want to do after you have what you would perceive to be a poor, poor performance and I think you're being hard on yourself but, but you would say yourself maybe you didn't hit your own high standards is you want to go out and play of course, you couldn't do that because you were injured. So I imagine your head was a pretty dark place at that time because it's it's tough to deal with injury as a player in the first place. But to deal with it when you maybe sense that you haven't shown people what you can do, you haven't shown yourself what you can do. That's particularly tough. It was tough, yeah. It was it was tough from a sporting point of view. I think you know you need to be careful as regards feeling sorry for yourself. A lot of people have a lot more problems in life. Um, it was it was a bad time on a sporting level. Um, but relatively speaking it was a sporting injury you know a lot of people have a lot worse things I never got to the stage where I felt sorry for myself where I thought 
you know, this is affecting my mood in general. Um, I was I was so keen to play hurling and I wasn't able to, and I was so keen to to prove things than I was. Then it was frustrating, and and yes, there was times where you'd be kicking yourself and you'd get a bit down about it, but you know you wouldn't be long getting a dose of perspective and reality, and that's that's important to have that too. That you know. Where did that dose come from? Did did someone talk to you? Did you just realise it yourself? How did that happen? Um, I suppose your parents would be very good. Um, you know, my parents would be very good. Subtle lines, um, you know, they might mention someone who is sick without mentioning, you know, and suddenly you're clicking. Look, my problems are small here. Um, they're sporting problems. Um, um, so I couldn't, I couldn't thank my parents enough for that. I think I was, you know, mature enough at the time as well to realise that yes, this is important. It's my life, but there is other things going on as well, and you know, it's not to be all in all. Now you mentioned Derek had a couple of chats with you, and he kind of kept you up. But I won't say on the straight and narrow but he kept you focused and gave you a bit of hope and you've obviously earned your place in the squad earned your place in in, in, in the match day 26 and you've got on and made a big impact in games Derek has done this with various players and he's talked about some of the conversations he's had with the likes of Austin Gleeson who wanted to walk away and he said look don't think about it Austin stayed Jamie Barron almost went off to the States at the end of Derek's first year he had a chat with him what, how do these chats go? Does Derek seek you? Do you seek him? What does he say? What's his, what's his trick? Because he's a bit of a hurler's whisperer, isn't he? He seems to be able to talk you around. Yeah, to be honest, he never he never spoke to me one-to-one about leaving or staying with it. Yeah. it. It was more as a group. He would often say, you know, within an county setup, there's a lot of lads who could be thinking different things. There's some lads thinking, you know, will I ever make it? You know, is this year my year? Will I wait till next year? There are so many opportunities now as regards America, money, things like that, that Derek would often, you know, speak to speak to groups um, and speak as a whole group and and say things like, look, I wish I'd stayed at it. I, I think everyone here should stay at it. I think everyone here should, you know, do their apprenticeship. Um, and as you said, you know, he had he spoke to Austin, he spoke to Jamie at times, and I don't know how he does it, but when you see, you know, how much it means to him, how much he cares for us it's very hard to walk away from him um, it's very hard to say no to him not in a persuasive way but as regards he cares so much for all of us it's very hard to let him down and I suppose that's that's his main trick that he, is that he cares there's no major there's no financial incentives there's no magic incentives that he comes up with for lads to stay or to make him happy he just he just cares and you know he kind of provides the platform for you to want to do it yourself as well and that's the key I mean as important as it is for the manager to want you you know it more than anyone. If you don't want to do it yourself, there's no point. Definitely, definitely. If you're there, you know, for the sake of it, or you're there for someone else, forget about it. You know, you have to want to be there. And I think everyone on that panel now, I think there's maybe 34 players and 20 backroom staff, they want to be there. And look, it's easy to be there now. It's easy to want to be there now. We're in an Ireland final, but it's in November, it's in December. Lads want to be there then as well. And, you know, Derek, I don't know how he's done it, but he's created that atmosphere that... You know, everyone wants to be a Waterford hurler now and everyone wants to play for Derek. As a county, as fans, and I'll say we because I guess people know I'm from Waterford so I have an insight into this, we overreact. We're all selectors, we're all managers and none of us are ever wrong. Has it been hard over the last three, four years to, to block out that stuff because you've got to three semi-finals, you've won a league, you've always been competitive but yet there has been kind of a negativity directed towards this team and squad. Has that been difficult to block out? No, I think... You know, personally, I take it with a pinch of salt. Um, you know, if you if you went through your Facebook comments, if you went through yeah. your your newspapers, you're going to find negative stuff if you go looking for it. Um, 
you know, hurling punditry. It's reactionary a lot of the time. If you're going well, everyone thinks, you know, the system is great and, you know, he's a great player. If you're going bad, he's a poor player. The system is terrible. Um, it's just a fact of life and I'm not going to give out about anyone for criticising us you know it's their opinion um, but as a group it doesn't really affect us we're just there to make our families proud to make people from Watford proud and that's all we're trying to do you know whatever it takes to do that we'll do and I think Derek knows what's best to do that and we'll do whatever he, th- he says Generally you come on in games I know as a player as a competitive animal you want to start but to have a very specific role to have that kind of impact does that kind of keep you focused and does that stop you maybe getting angry that you're not starting or how does it work? Look, as a player, as you said, everyone wants to start. Uh, the next best thing is coming on. Um, but I think I couldn't compliment Derek enough about how the mentality of the lads that haven't come on or that you know might leave me on the 26th, you know, there's up for it as the lads that are starting. And that's a credit to everyone involved, to the management for getting the lads to think like that, for the lads themselves. Um, you know, certainly coming on is a great buzz, but I have to compliment the lads, you know, who maybe not even on the 26, you know, their mentalities, they don't want to twin as much as I do, as much as Kevin does. And that's a fantastic thing, you know, that, you know, it, it won't mean any more to me or to Brick or to Kevin. It'll mean as much to the lads that, you know, are carrying the water for Watford to Northern Ireland. And that's, it's a great thing, you know. What's it like being on the bench knowing you're most likely going to come in? Are you kind of coiled like a spring? Can you sit back and watch the game? Are you essentially a fan until the moment you're called in? How does it work mentally? Because I imagine it can be quite kind of stressful in some ways. Yeah, um, like it might sound like a cliche, but first of all, I prepare like I'm starting because you don't know what could happen. Someone could get injured. But during the actual game itself? Oh, during the game itself, yeah, you're taking things in. You're thinking where you could be coming on. You're thinking who you could be marking. You're thinking, you know, how are things going in this area? you're trying not to overthink um, you're definitely not relaxing like a fan as you say you're, you know, your palms are sweaty you're, you're, your knees are wobbling a small but you're warming up the odd time um, and as I said as it gets into half time then you're thinking right you know this is normally the time this year where I've been coming on soon enough so I suppose your mind starts getting more and more animated and your body starts getting more and more ready and um, that's it then when, you get, when you're called upon it's, it's a mixture of everything it's a mixture of thank god I get a chance it's a mixture of nerves it's a mixture of adrenaline it's everything at once and you're just going on to try and do your best Is it nearly more pressure coming off because as, as a guy who comes on you're brought in especially the way Waterford play you're brought in to change the game to make an impact so do you have to put real pressure on yourself to do that because I imagine that that's tough it's kind of you are the impact sub and I know you probably don't like that term David Fairclough didn't like it either I'm sure Maurice Shanahan isn't crazy about it either but you kind of have to make an impact so do you put extra pressure on yourself to do that and can that be a, nearly a bad thing? I, I, to be honest with you I don't because there's a great release in what Derek's instructions are which is to work very hard and you know Derek doesn't say go on and put this over the bar from there or go on and set up that you know I'm going on thinking I just have to hook run block chase and anyone can do that in a way. There's a, there's a great freedom in that. Um, so, you know, there's no pressure in that. Yes, you're hoping things go right for you and you're hoping you don't fumble the ball or have a bad wide. You're hopeful, but I'm running on thinking I'm just going to run as hard as I can, chase as hard as I can, do my best for the county, do my best for the team. And as I said, there's a great release in that in a way. And that that's a nice kind of pressure, isn't it? Exactly. And as I said, you know, anyone can do it. There's no... You know, you make up your own mind, your work rate wise. Um, said everything else, like hoping a ball will go over the bar and things like that. There is elements of pressure on that, but I said the main thing is working hard. It sounds like a cliche, but it's actually true. Now to win 
against Cork and Crow Park. It was our first big win in Crow Park as a county, again, I'll say, our, uh, as a county since 08 and the win against Tipperary. Obviously, they, you've won a, a league game there this year as well. For the team and maybe for you personally, because as you mentioned, you had a bad experience in Crow Park before, how important was that ahead of an All-Ireland fine to get a good performance in Crow Park to, to know you can perform there? Yeah, it was nice to get the win. I think, you know, we performed very well there in the semi-final last year. Um, so, you know, we knew as a team we could perform there. We knew as a team we could win there. Um, it was just a great relief to get over the semi-final. It's, it's a tough place to be the last two years, um, having lost that match. And, you know, to lose it a third time would have been... It would have been very hard to go back training in November, December, thinking, God, we've had the same hurdle again. Um, so to get over the semi-final was a huge step for this team, but it's relative as you know how the final goes. You know if if we lose the final, the semi-final won't have counted for a whole pile, to be honest. But it counted as progress, though, won't it? Progress, yes, but you know it's so hard to get to these matches, and it's so hard to get back to semi-finals and finals. You know when you're there, you know we're there to win it, and yes, you know there's been progress this year as regards we made the final. But will we look back at this year as a more successful year if we lose the final? I don't know. You know, I'm not looking past Sunday week yet, but you know, it's all on the line to be honest. And you, as a player, as an individual, did you have kind of a nice moment to yourself afterwards, having had a, a good display in Crow Park, having had a tough time there in previous in a in a previous life? I'll nearly say because it was yeah. so long ago. Yeah, I suppose the nicest experience of the whole day is meeting your family after the game. Um, you know they they take it so seriously. You know they take the highs and the lows probably more than um more than you do. And to meet them after the game and for them to be you know proud of what you've done. Um, I suppose for all the lads that's the most special thing. You know meeting their families and it sounds you know you know you don't want to sound cheesy or corny, but you know we do it for them in a way. And um, you know to meet them is probably the most satisfying moment um, that I had. As I said, you know the Waterford one first of all that I performed relatively um, respectively and that they were proud of me so that was important you live outside the county you live in Cork is, is that a good thing in the build up to an All-Ireland final you can kind of take yourself away from the hype yeah definitely um, I, I like being there I I love the, the banter of the Cork lads and the Cork people they're, they're very decent to me in fairness um, you know, I wouldn't say the lads are being pressurised in Waterford or anything like that but it is probably nice to be a bit sheltered from it and to be teaching in, in Killa and things like that it's, it's nice to be up that direction where things are more chilled and finally, is it true you're the one who painted up Waterford on the Moby Dick Whale at Yalbridge? Uh, no, but there's a there's a suspect list doing the rounds, and um, yeah. and my name is not on it. <laughs> um, but no, that's typical of the of the yeah. go crack that's in Yall, and um, you know I was around Yall um, the days after the match, and look, great town, um, the first people to wish you well in the final and things like that, and you know all great crack. I just hope uh, no wise wise crack paints up Galway now in the next few weeks. <laughs> Brian O'Halloran speaking to me at the incredibly well organised Waterford Press Day. It has to be said, we got everything that we wanted, and. The reason I bring that up is because sometimes at press days you feel you're, you're rushing through things or you don't get proper time to actually sit down and talk to players or management. wasn't the case in Waterford. And while I didn't make the Galway one, because at that time I was in my old job of being tied to the desk during the week, um, I'm led to believe the Galway one was the same. So fair, fair play to both teams. Mm. And you know, when they look back in 20 years' time, isn't it great to be able to even look at the interviews that were done leading into it rather than everyone just zipping it up for the week and no one says a word and it's almost like you're hiding away from the occasion. It's nice for their families as well and the reason I bring that up is because obviously your brother Paddy mm. won was it one All-Ireland in the end? He no, he got one last year as well. So oh, sorry, two, two of course. Yeah, two All-Irelands, mm. yeah. So like, it, it's nice for the family members as well, isn't it? What's oh, yeah. It, what's it like to be a family member of someone playing? It's 
nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, growing up, the whole way grew, growing up and watching the brothers play, you know, a few brothers, um, I was never nervous watching him ever because he was generally the best player on the field. And then when he got to senior inter-county level, it's nervy again because yeah. you're going in, in into uh, an arena where everyone is a top player, you know. So, geez, that 2014 All-Ireland final was horrendous to watch. You know the drawing game? Drawing game, yeah. I commented yeah, on that. Himself and uh, Richie Power had a brilliant battle and Richie Power got a couple of goals, but the brother had a few unbelievable catches. He went up and got a point near the end himself, his first and only ever championship point for Tipperary. And uh, I had to talk on the radio afterwards about it and... I was just, you know, when people were talking about this classic and I said, lads, that was horrendous. Awful to watch. Really, really awful to watch. Because just, you had that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach the whole time because you don't want it to go wrong for someone in your own yeah. family. Uh, but, and, and I think he was actually the only player between the two panels to do a media interview afterwards as well. So there was, you know, when we're talking about the doors being thrown open yeah. in Galway and Waterford, it was mad. It's just shut up shop in between those two finals and uh, a few of the journalists said to me afterwards tell him thanks for talking to us because it was the only actual reaction from someone and in the run into the game when you were talking to Paddy did you completely avoid the final or did you just completely avoid him because he knew that's all you'd be thinking about and you knew that's all he'd be thinking about and you didn't want to hassle him Um, well he wasn't starting last year so you know it wasn't that big of a deal yeah. In that sense. What about uh, in 2010, 2010, yeah. 2010, I was actually... And even the ones between. Yeah. In 2010, I was in New York. Um, so I was just kind of messaging him on Facebook. Yeah. And it was a time that Henry Shefflin, Willie, won't he play? And I was messaging him saying, you know, having watched the previous couple of games, yeah. beating that Waterford team where Brian O'Halloran started at full forward yeah. on Paul Curran, haven't seen how they turned it around against Galway. I just said to him, I think you're going to win whether Shefflin plays or not. And uh, he said, me too. So... They were just absolutely convinced they were going to win that game. Yeah. And I would have just chatted to him normally. So he was okay with kind of yeah, chatting away. he was away. grand. Like, okay. he, like, you can't avoid it down in Bursley. You can't walk out the door without someone having a hurley in their hand or someone mouthing at you. So, <laughs> or night. And he's well able to mouth himself. So, yeah. yeah, there was no problem there. And regards, uh, like, him being hassled for tickles. Tic- tickles. <laughs> for tickles, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, he's look, terrible he, he's for friendly. tickles. He's friendly, but he's not that <laughs> friendly. Um Regards him being hassled for tickets. I could easily edit that, but he's been annoying me in. for tickets, oh, really? thinking I'd somehow have tickets really? for this. And but was he hassled by people in the run up to the finals? Or ah, what? yeah, but like, you know, there would be an element to that. Yeah. But there's very much it's organised beforehand. You know, yeah, this okay. is where my tickets are going. Someone else organised that. So, it, like, he would he'd be grand with that because he'd pretty much be yeah. blunt and know when to tell someone. Right, good luck to you. Tickets done. Yeah. Can't get you any. No, no. What about the finals? He lost him because like the easiest thing to do ever as a reporter is talk to a winning player after an All-Ireland final mm. you could literally interview the entire panel Yeah. the hardest thing to do is to try and get an interview with a losing player now I always find those interviews more interesting Yeah. as the old sports editor of News Talk Jerry O'Sullivan once said people actually kind of nearly want to hear from the losing team more because they'll give you a bit of an insight it's raw mm. you kind of there's there's a bit of hurt porn in there as well let's be honest you know <laughs> There is. Do you know, okay, so... The so w- w- but as a family member, yeah. what did you say to him? Because when I'm talking to guys who've lost in All-Ireland, whether it's an hour after or a week after, I'm always aware that no matter what I say to them, it's shallow. First of all, because... You're it, shallow. Well, there's that. But first of all, because what do they care about my opinion? What do they mm. care if I say hard luck or whatever? Second of all, there are no words you can say to console a guy who's lost in All-Ireland final. Mm. So what's it like when you're talking to a family member after that's happened? It was weird after the final, um, after the replay to Kilkenny in 2014, yeah. 
because um, I was went over to you know where that entrance is into the banquet hall yeah. in the bowels of Croke Park. Yeah, I never get in there, room. but I know where the entrance yeah. is. Yeah. So I went over there to see was he got in there, and I said to one or two players, I think it was maybe Shane McGrath yeah. or possibly Darry Egan. I'm not sure, but I said, "Is he in there?" Because I just wanted to say, you know, just unlucky yeah. or whatever. And then they were kind of saying, "Come on in, you can come in." And then there was a one of the guys who was working there saying you can't go in so it caused a little bit of a kerfuffle that I didn't actually want and eventually he came out and he's like well what do you want and I just said hard look and he went back <laughs> in and that was kind of it like yeah. but a, a week later I was working in the Daily Star at the time and the sports editor Brian Flanagan he wanted me to do an interview with him oh that's awkward yeah and you know they sent out a photographer and like uh, at the time the father oh, had, a, had, a, had a hurley shed where he yeah. makes hurleys and we were out there uh, doing photographs beside the in the hurley shed with the bandsaw going yeah. and the whole lot. And um, they put a headline saying, "It's always uh, was that the one where it was always more special when it's your family." And to this day, three or four other journalists like Connor McKeown, Donnie yeah. Boyle, and Fintan O'Toole routinely say, "Geez, it's more special when it's your family," and give me the dirty <laughs> eyes about. But I had to do yeah. an interview with him, and he was talking about how yeah. it, as the week went yeah. on, it was just it was uh, it was niggling at him more yeah. and more the fact that they had lost it. So I hope. But even I just as his brother, outside of doing an interview with him, did you try and stay away from it or no? Not you really. Address just, it, you addressed the elephant in the room. Well, like the thing is. It was addressed by the game itself. What, what okay. more do you need to say? Kilkenny choked Tipperary out that day in yeah. the replay. Their work rate was phenomenal. Yeah. He knows it, I know it. There's, you don't really yeah. have to say a whole lot else, so instead yeah. we talk no, about it. Because I'm always curious to know how you deal with it if you have someone close to you after losing an All-Ireland final. Yeah. And you're like, do I mention it? Do I talk about it? Do I not talk about it? Because obviously if I don't talk about it, they know I'm thinking about it. Mm. Because in the hour after the game, I guess if I, like there's once or twice where players Actually, it's more than once or twice. And I don't blame them for this. I'm not having a go when I say players have refused to do interviews from the losing sides. And I totally understand it. But I'm just curious to know what it's like for a family member. Obviously, yeah. they don't know me from Adam a lot of the time. Even sometimes when they do, they're like, look. I know your voice. No. Well, yeah. They go, oh, yeah, you're that lad who isn't Shane Stapleton. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Anyway, look, enough of, the, enough enough of my that. family. Enough yeah. of your family. Yeah. Uh, and, People and don't the care. Is, and the th- I think they do. I think people are curious about all aspects of the All-Ireland mm. Final. And All right, well, I hope people weren't bored by that. But yeah. uh, it's your fault if they were. Yeah, it is. I brought you down that tangent. One man who isn't boring, I can absolutely guarantee you, is Brendan Bugler. Claire. Brendan, how are you? Good, Oshin, yeah. Yeah, all good. Um, put yourself back to this time four years ago, preparing for an All-Ireland final. That's what the players are doing at the moment on the Waterford and Galway side. What's it like? Were you, did you enjoy the build-up? Did you just want to get to Crow Park and get playing? How did you handle it? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it now, I'll be honest with you. Um, I know you'll be hearing people and they'll be saying you should stay away from this, that and, and whoever and, and, and don't talk to anyone about it the, and all this crap, but I think you have to enjoy it too, like, and part of the enjoyment is, you know, is talking to people about it. That's what I could see anyway from it. But um, look at the buzz. Like, at the time, I was actually teaching Blow and Kenny and I'd be coming up for training and, and this, that and the other and you know, once you got into to County Clare and you're seeing the colour and everything, it just, it, uh, there was a massive buzz around the place. It was just, it was, I suppose, it made the hair in the back of your neck stand up. And I really enjoyed it anyway. I enjoyed talking to people about it and, and having the crack. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's, it can be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And if you get too caught up in it and, and I suppose, don't enjoy it, then sure, what's the point really like? That's an interesting point you raised, that you were obviously in Clare quite a lot, but you were working outside and Derek McGrath has actually spoken about that 
with some of his players who, who work in Dublin and he says that it's nearly an advantage for them to be out of the county. Now he said this even way before the All-Ireland final but for you was that, was that a good thing? You were able to sample the atmosphere but at the same time you could separate yourself from it? I suppose it was, yeah. And I suppose I just threw myself into work really and that kind of occupied your mind from nine to four o'clock and sure... And so then I was only going to, I saw I was going home, you know, uh, two nights a week max in the in the build up like that. So I suppose it was good in a way, but still, if if anyone rang chatting about it or if I missed going blowing Kilkenny, and sure, all they do down there is talk hurling anyway. So I was, it was, it was more or less nearly like being at home because anyone you met, if they knew you or whatever, sure, the first thing they're asking you how how are you fixed for all Ireland and and yeah. all of that like so. Um, yeah, I agree. I suppose it can be an advantage uh, in, to some certain extent, right? Did, did other guys in the squad handle it differently? Like, did you notice that some guys kind of didn't really want to buy into the hype? They didn't really want to even talk about it. I mean, you strike me as someone who's quite a an outgoing personality. You you play music. You're always out meeting people. You're kind of, you're not shy. Whereas other guys in the squad would have just wanted to shield themselves. And did you did you have to kind of respect that with certain players in your squad? Um, I don't. Necessarily, I, I don't. I don't know. Do, we, do you mean would I have to respect it or not? Well, what like, I mean is, sorry, everyone is different. Like you know, yeah. so I suppose everyone was going to approach it a little bit differently. Um, but what I found myself is just it was it was important to enjoy it because, as I said, it's only it might only be a once in a lifetime opportunity, and you kind of have to enjoy it. And if you're kind of running away from this person and that person, um, I don't know. It, look, at everyone is different. Everyone is different. Some people probably didn't go any place if they probably send their mother or their father or their brother to the shop if they wanted to get something in the shop. Uh, for me, I wouldn't be like that. I just go out and say, look, if you meet people, you meet people. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, and uh, i just wondering, for the for the All-Ireland that year, it seems that players played just so far beyond levels we'd ever seen from them before. Is there Was there a feeling that, like, as you went through the back door that year and you play game on game and confidence grows and grows and grows, that players, did you feel like players were playing at heights you'd never seen before? Um, I think so, yeah. I think after the quarter final when we beat Galway, there was a, I suppose there was pressure off to a certain extent um, because we hadn't been to Coe Park in a couple of years and you were kind of facing Limerick who had won the Munster and I suppose they were on a high and there wasn't really much, I suppose, talk about us really. And I don't know, all of a sudden then you were suddenly in an All-Ireland final and there was no real going out, we have to win this, we have to win this, we're just going out and just going hurling and I think we were really enjoying it and you are talking about the, the build-up, I think everyone just really enjoyed it, the whole the whole experience and the fact I suppose we got to play two in the one year was meant it was just, it was, it was brilliant to get a two All-Irelands in one year so wouldn't you take that any day like. Mm. And just for, for the final on Sunday, Galway against Waterford, we just started with an open-ended question, what, what about this game kind of appeals to you or, or where do you see it being won or lost? Um, first of all, I think it's a, it'll be a great final. Um, nice to see two teams. I suppose they haven't haven't won it in a couple of years. It's obviously one team that's going to be massively disappointed um, at the end of it. But um, to me, I just think Galway um, have been exceptional all year. Uh, really, really good in the league. Uh, really good in Leinster. And I think I think they're just that little bit further ahead than Water at the moment. Um, and surprisingly enough, we're on the border here with them. It's relatively low key, you know. Not much has been said, to, you know, compared to 2015 or 2012 about them. I think they're going in in a great situation. I just think they're going to have too much for water in the day. 
And, and just looking at the half-back lines there, Park Mannion is someone who's really stood out this year. And, you know, you're a wing-back yourself. Like he he provides a platform at the back, uh, like for driving forward and giving supplying ball for midfield and the half forward line. But he's also just kind of does these plays to g up the crowd as well. Is he the sort of player that that you'd kind of see a little bit of yourself in in a way? Oh, I don't know about that now. Uh, <laughs> well, you're doing with the two all stars. Well, I think he's not more hurling than I ever had. Though. That's the only thing. But uh, no, he's a, he's a great player. He's a great player. I suppose he's only he's had a couple of real good seasons, but he's probably only come into his own this year and. And uh, but uh, like the goalie backs are, to me the forwards we all know the, fo- the forwards that they have they're really really strong out there but I think their backs are just really really strong as well and and uh, delighted to see Aiden Hart as well like he had a tough time in the was it the fifteen All Ireland final when he was yeah. fifth off yeah. you know after like before half time you know he's come back he's shown massive resilience and he's I think he's having a great year like everyone's probably talking about Mannion but I suppose Aiden has been to me he's been an unsung hero in that in that goalie half back line. And um, he'll play a massive role on Sunday, I've no doubt, because he's going to mop up an offside ball. He'll probably be the spare man the goalie will go with. I remember when we played him last year, he was a spare man and he just, he, he gave an exhibition. Uh, his reading the game was so good. So, uh, yeah, they've two, they two very good wing backs and, and they obviously have um, McInerney in the centre as well. So they really, they're really, really are solid there. That's an interesting point you make about Aidan Hart. How tough is it on a player when they have a disappointing day like that, especially on the biggest day of the year? And how tough is it to actually come back, to motivate yourself, to work hard, to do the training, to stay in there like he has has done? Well, I suppose for Aiden, he was relatively young anyway. Like, so it wasn't like he wasn't going to come back. He was always going to come back. But he's like, it doesn't matter if it's a club game or any game. But if you're whipped off before half time, it's a tough thing to take. Like, uh, and then I was, and on. You know, on our final day, it's just it's, it's twice as bad, I'd imagine. But um, he always had hurling in him, and I, I actually played him beyond in New York the summer before that in '14, and I just knew how good he was then. And and uh, I suppose it's, he's kind of only really shown his true form this year, and it's, it's nice to see, and it's, it's actually nice to see when you know the lad personally as well. But um, yeah, look, he, he he took a tough. I remember talking to him the week after they came down to a funeral blown white. actually. And just a couple of days after that Ireland and just talking to him with a pint in the local as well and he was he was he was sore over it like but um I think that'll drive him on as well on 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 Sunday. Yeah, it kinda brings you to, to how the two teams will set up because you'd imagine uh, Galway will go with six forwards against seven backs for, for uh, Waterford with Tyg de Burke as the spare man and the five Waterford forwards will be against six backs for Galway with with Aiden as that spare man. Like Based on the talent of that Galway forward line, you'd imagine there are a few points better than Watford, but there's a good chance that they could get frustrated by this uh, Watford backline. Like you, you've you've played against the two teams, how do you see it going tactically, and is there a chance that Galway could get kind of choked up in that uh, Watford defence? I, I I don't think they will. I just think they're too um, they're too experienced at this stage, and I think the way Galway are going to counteract it will be simply going direct because. If you're a Galway back, you, you must be thrilled because you know if you just get the ball and let it off 50-50, there's a good chance mm. that the forward is going to win it because they're so physically strong. They're all good in there, uh, even though Conor Whelan's probably the, the smallest one. He's still savage in there. Yeah. Um, I just think the fact that every single one of their forwards are good in there and they're well able to win their own ball, um, I just think that'll be you know that'll be enough right up front. And you can say about Ty DeBorker dropping back again, but... If they still keep going direct, 
he's not going to get back, you know, every single time if it's a 50-50 ball between two. I think they have they have fantastic forwards that that Water probably don't or other counties don't physically as well as as well as hurling wise um, at the moment. And um, I just think they're going to be just too strong. Uh, for them up front, being honest, like, mm. and just in terms of the Waterford scoring, um, Austin Gleeson has scored one sixteen from play in the season. But uh, what really stands out is the midfield of Jamie Barron and Kevin Moran have scored four twenty from play uh, between them, which is kind of an outrageous tally. Uh, is it as simple as try to shut down that Waterford midfield and you go an off long way to winning this All Ireland? Well, they scored two five or something like that the last day, so mm. I can't see him scoring two five. Uh, can't see him scoring two five the next day, and I suppose the way Waterford play, they're going to they're going to be hitting lots of shots from distance, and you know some games their percentage rate is pretty poor, some games it's decent enough, but if they're to win next day, I think a lot of those hot shots or whatever you want to call them from distance, they're going to have to be going over because I don't think they're going to score four goals against that Galway defence, and especially playing, and they do play a lot of the time with only four forwards up front with with the midfielders going back and the half-forwards going back. Um, it's, I think that's going to be a massive battle, that midfield battle between Moore and Barron and Jenny Cohen and, and Davy Burke. Um, I think, you know, if Galway can get the upper hand there, it's going to be it's going to be massive. But I can't I can't see the likes of those two boys going 2-5 again uh, on Sunday. What about Conor Gleeson doesn't play in this game because he's suspended? I guess because Austin Gleeson got off... It's overshadowed the fact that Gleeson, the other Gleeson, Connor, didn't. How big a loss is he for Waterford? Because he's had a tremendous year. He's a man marker and he cuts players out of the game. Ah, he's had a great year. Yeah, he's had a massive year. And obviously, for for the fella himself, it must be it must be unbelievably disappointing because you know who to say who knows when Waterford are going to get back to the Ireland final again. It might be only his only opportunity, and that's why I was hoping he would get off. But I. Uh, even though the incident, I suppose he, he probably had to he had to serve his, his punishment right. Even though it was trivial enough, it was still in the in, in the rule book. I suppose he shouldn't have done what he did. Like, but um, look at he's been a great player all year. He he, he nullifies um, Conor Lehan the last day. He's been he's a real good tight man marker. He's someone the Waterford could have really done with um, for the Ireland final, considering the forwards they're going to be coming up against. Um, he's a massive loss, but I'm sure there's going to be motivation inside the dressing room for him. As well as um, as well as the team, you know, he's um, you know, he, I suppose he was in line for an All Star really before the final, um, so that's probably ruled him out with that as well, which is which is uh, often looking on the lad himself individually. Brendan, just two questions. Um, one was Michael Ryan, who was the former Waterford manager and current Westmead manager. He said that he was standing in the in the sort of um, just the runway out onto the field with, with Waterford, the tunnel with Waterford or against Galway last year and he said that they almost blotted out the sun they were that big so number one what is it like physically against them because they are so big and number two you were man-marking Joe Canning last year as well how how difficult is it to keep with him or, or what does he do? Um, yeah so they are, they, are, they are big they are big men and I suppose when we played them last year Team um, Dillon was our sweeper all year, but they simply just said, "Look, they're going to push up on him." They got someone to mark him, and they left one of the other backs free. And I suppose that we we didn't see that coming really, yeah. and that kind of threw us a small little bit. But what I found as a defender, you just got no time with them. Right, their tackling had up massively from when we played them in Championship a couple of years before that, um, and just the sheer intensity from their forwards. And I think that is typified with Conor Real and the way he plays. 
where he never gives up and he, he just that, that tackling is phenomenal they obviously have a great SNC in his room I think he was with Tip last year or the year before um, so he's done good work with him too um, with Joe he's a hard man to man Mark because especially the way he's playing now like he, he'll have number 11 on the back and he'll probably start into forward but Joe will go in full forward for, for a while he'll go wing forward he'll go midfield you can't to me you can't really man mark him as such Right, if I think if Water do go into this man marking, which that's going to open up space for you know for for the other forwards, like whoever's playing centre back for Water is going to obviously have to sit, and it's going to and he's going to wander out the field. But that'll be up to Kevin Moore or Barron or Brick, whoever's coming back to try um, to try you know stop him having pot shots or whatever like from distance. But he's a, he's a very hard man to man mark, and I know that more than anyone. Brendan, just before we let you go. We want to get a prediction. I appreciate it. it's an easy one to ask. It's not such an easy one to answer. Yeah, I think Galway are going to win it. Yeah, um, as I said before, I think they're just they're that little bit more advanced than than Waterford at the moment. And I just think with the forwards they have, um, if you're playing against that sort of defensive system, you're going to need big men that are able to win their own ball. And uh, I think Galway have that, and I think they've led at the back to, to keep the score down as well. And again, just one last one. Um, Clara, this year, obviously, you'll have been disappointed with how it went, but you're competitive animals. You're a young squad, so I guess you just got to take the learnings and, and drive it on into 2018. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Disappointing year, to say the least. It was the, the one that was most disappointing was, was probably the Cork game because, um, you know, at the start of the year, if you would say that you'd play Limerick and Cork, who were probably ranked behind you in Munster, you know, to win a Munster medal, you'd, you'd have taken that. But um, um, I don't know. We just have to go back to the drawing board and and try to figure out what went wrong and try to rectify a couple of things. And um, there's one thing for sure: we'll be back, and we know of the hurlers. And I suppose look, we weren't too far off. We're only with a minute or two to go. We're only point behind Tip, and um, you see how, how close Tip rang Galway. I know every game is different, but um, we're not far off. But we still need to, to figure out what's going wrong all the same. Brendan, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Off The Ball's GAA podcast. And I'm looking forward to catching up with you at the Apple Green Kilmacud Croaks Hurling Sevens this Saturday. Um, I'm not for a moment suggesting that you won't be taking it seriously, but as I'm a Kilmacud man, if you're nice to me, I might hook you up with a few bar vouchers. How does that sound? <laughs> Cheers, I've seen. Appreciated. Just, just bring your box and your hurl. <laughs> We're only going up for the crack, though, I'll be honest. <laughs> right. I love Cheers, it, Brendan. Man. Thanks very much. All right, good luck, lads. Good luck. Off the Ball's GA podcast ahead of the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final. Interesting stuff there from Brendan Bugler of Clare. Great stuff. Yeah, even just to get what it's like to mark Joe yeah. Canning and the fact that he thinks um, that it's going to be hard to lock him down. I suppose Dara Fives will follow him wherever yeah. he goes and then that'll leave Taborka as the spare man back there. So it'll be interesting to see because he's uh, he found it tough against Matthew O'Hanlon. Um, O'Hanlon went up the other end to score two points. Is Joe going to bring a lovely hurler like Dara Fives up the other end of the field? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It's funny, Shane. I always thought thought of you as the hard man of this podcast. Yes, when you had the chance to talk to a clear player there about how they, in your words, not mine, fluked an All Ireland in twenty thirteen, you didn't bring it up. I wonder why. Because he's bigger than me. Ah, uh, no. Like I went hard on that, and I yeah. I rode that hobby horse all year. And you did. Yeah, no, but it was more like, what if they don't either side of it? Are we going to get into these things yes, like the are. canning debate again? Yes, we are. Yeah, the thing is, because Claire, Claire didn't do it. Claire didn't windy. do it. Yeah, windy. So, I did, yeah. Windy is, know, a bad, windy is a bad dog. Y- you know that windy is the worst possible word 
you could use about yeah. another hurler. Yeah, it is like calling someone yella over, you know, if yeah. you're a cowboy. Like, like, like being a snitch. Yeah. You're yeah. kind of at that level if you're a windy. A real rat. Uh, listen, we've had obviously lots of what I hope is good stuff on this podcast. But Oshin, Brendan, yes. best of luck to you this Sunday. I know you're yeah. going to be hopping and trotting in the press box. I am. You're going to struggle to keep it together. No. You will. I will. You're not very professional. That's true. At the best of times. That's true. Best of luck to you. And, um, you know, I think what Derek McGrath is a guy that everyone finds easy to get behind because he's so emotive and, emotive and expressive and you can yeah. see how much he loves his players. I don't think anyone be, would begrudge him in All-Ireland. Galway have had so much disappointment, you wouldn't really begrudge them either. Yeah, I but, would. Yeah, I, I'm only messing. Of course, I wouldn't. Of course, and I would love to see Joe Canning win in All Ireland, just not this All Ireland. Speaking again as a Waterford man, there's one thing we actually didn't mention, mm. and that Derek McGrath is likable. The team is likable, and keep people get behind him. But they are hardy, and they have done what has needed to be done this year to get to this final. Mm. Yeah, there's a cynical edge about this Waterford team oh, that sure, people have not talked. There's about. no helmet you won't pull off someone's head. But even outside of that, yeah, I know they're hardy lads. Like Philip Mahoney yeah. is. You know, like he's as yeah. tough as old boots. Uh, Barry Coughlin probably doesn't get enough credit. He's yeah. he's a good full. Yeah, they're hardy but, lads. No, they're good, but there's just they kind of you know they drag when they need to. There's a bit of steel. They remind me of the Kilkenny teams doing what they needed to do. Now, great mm. hurling teams, but they were always hardy. Yeah, they were yeah. always cynical and in a good way. You know, cynical in as much as you have to be. Mm. And this is the first time in 21 years that we haven't had one of the big three in the final. And this certainly won't be a soft all Ireland because. Uh, Kilkenny were yeah. beaten in one semi-final and Waterford had to knock out Kilkenny. So it's... You know what? Can yeah. I give you the, the answer I think Brian Cody would give at this stage? Go on. If these are the two teams in the All-Ireland final, then these are the big two right now. Mm. And they are. And they're there on merit and rightly so. I think that's the answer Brian yeah. Cody would yeah. give. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this. If you want more on the All-Ireland final, obviously we've got a lot more on Friday night from 7 and off the ball and Saturday from 1 and Sunday from 1. I'm going to be out at the Apple Green Kilmacud Croaks Hurling Sevens talking to a few uh, expert analysts out there a couple of big names hopefully we'll have a bit of crack as well and we'll have great guests in studio in Galway tonight as we speak and we're recording this on Thursday Off the Ball are doing a massive roadshow Tommy Walsh uh, Ollie Canning Ken McGrath Dahi Dahi Regan Pete Finnerty Cyril Farrell and Anthony Cunningham among the guests now top, that's top, quite the line top top I mean, if you've listened to this before you've listened to that, you really have been had. (laughs) (laughs) You really have been, in fairness. Listen, that's going to be good. Have a listen to that. And obviously, as I say, a lot more build-up to come. Shane, your final prediction? Uh, I think Galway will win it because they've got more scoring threats there. If you were to name the top 15 forwards, (laughs) you'd be naming more Galway men. I I think everything's set up for Galway because they don't really have any massive weakness on the team. I think it's finally their time. Waterford, if they go behind, they're going to struggle for scores. I yeah. think they might struggle for scores anyway, but yeah. narrowly Galway, but you can't rule out Waterford either. And looking at it logically, you're probably right. But I just think Waterford have done exactly what they've needed to do when they've needed to do it this season, and they're going to do it again yeah. this Sunday. Because that's a team of winners as well. You have to keep in mind, a lot of these guys have colleges minor and under-21 All-Irelands. Yeah, actually, Patrick Curran, if he plays, right, he is looking Generally, to... Generally, he's come off the bench. Yeah, yeah, if he, if he does feature... He was, uh, like Austin Gleeson and a couple of the Bennetts, he played in the minor final in 2013 that ended a 60-odd year famine at that level for Watford, I believe. Maybe 2016 then, the under-21s mm-hmm. won. And in now and current scored heavily in both of these. Uh, that ended a 29-year famine or something like yeah. that for Watford at under-21 level. Here's the, the latest famine. 
Yeah. Is my prediction Patrick Curran come on and score the winning point to again end a massive famine against yeah. Galway? Yeah, no, I think Galway will win, but uh, it's just interesting. The, a lot of these Waterford players are used to ending famines at different levels against Galway. Yeah, and if Waterford do win on Sunday, then... You will be riding bareback through... Oh, I'll be the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John Milan will be up on your back going down through the keys. Exactly, exactly, which I'm sure is a beautiful image. Okay, Shane, thank you very much. Uh, thank obviously, you. in the next couple of weeks, we'll be uh, previewing the Camogie All-Ireland Finals, the, the Football All-Ireland Final, Mayo against Dublin. That's going to be very interesting as we speak. Nathan Murphy is on his way to his home county to go to the Mayo Press Day, the, the Dublin one later in the week. I'll be at that. And uh, obviously, we've got the ladies' football final coming up as well. So lots lots and lots of GA coming up but best of luck as well to the Cork and Galway Miners who play uh, this Sunday that's not half one is it or quarter past uh, one I think it's quarter past one do you know what's funny actually what you know the way when um, if you've ever been in a crowd and like Waterford or, or let's say your Waterford senior team and your yeah. Waterford minor team are playing and they're like I don't care about the minors really as long as the senior was win yeah. did you ever hear that Yeah. I yeah, would have yeah. heard that throughout growing up isn't that lousy on a bunch of 16 it's and 17 year olds the whole crowd are going I don't really care how they go I don't think it's the whole crowd I know but you know what I mean it. it's just that there's always a few people who are like I don't you know because they're thinking in terms of yeah. we mightn't win the two of them you know the balance of probability here yeah. we'll take the senior win it's just lousy on the 16 and 17 year olds Obviously, if you're going to the game, please do enjoy it because sport is funny. Life is funny. Who knows when we'll be back there, if we'll be back there. So it's an occasion. It's it's a big day. It's a massive day in Irish sport as well. I always think that it should be a bank holiday weekend, the All-Ireland Hurling Final mm. weekend. I think it's that big. It's it's the game that stops a nation. That's what they say about the Melbourne Cup in Australia, that it's the race that stops a nation. I think it's the same with the hurling. Yeah. Even people who aren't interested I'm in hurling. I'm not going to argue with that. Even people who aren't, interested in, who aren't interested in hurling are interested in this. And um, the amount of people who have contacted me who I haven't heard from in many, many years who are all of a sudden my best friends again because they want tickets. Mm. It just tells me the interest in this particular game. I've ignored and snubbed every single one of them. And rightly so. Yeah, there was, there was a girl who shot me down in school looking for tickets. <laughs> I'll tell you, she got an earful. <laughs> Did she? she didn't really. <laughs> okay. Of silence. Enjoy, Oshin. As always, GAA on News Talk is brought to you by Borgash Energy, official electricity partner to the GAA. Follow hashtag hurling to the core for all the senior championship action. Shane, thank you very much. How do we direct abuse your way? At uh, Oshin Langan. <laughs> <laughs> and you can direct my abuse my way at, at Oshin Langan. Okay, enjoy the game on Sunday. Talk to you soon. Good luck. Bye bye.